2: Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.
3: The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft Coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft Coverage. And Chris Howard, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's
4: go to the pick here.
3: Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. <laughs> so the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're gonna make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting where it just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. 40- it's time for your coverage to start now. All right, everybody, welcome into the NFL draft coverage here with the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Part of Bellium Sports, the picks are flying off the board. But first, I want to introduce our guests. I want to thank you guys for coming on. First and foremost, we got two Daves here. We got Dave Heelman. We got Dave Hartman coming on. Thank you guys so much for joining us, Dave. I'm going to call you guys by your last name because otherwise, this is going to be a long night. Uh, Hartman, we're going to go with you first here. We got to get some reactions because the Patriots now two picks in a row. I'm shocked the world with what they've done. What's your reaction to that?
5: I love it because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, and I'm sick of seeing this team, (laughs) you know, (laughs) dominate the AFC East, kill the draft by trading down, uh, collecting more picks. I'm happy to see them uh, making picks that everyone is scratching their heads as they watch. Uh, So I'm good with it. But I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I think twice now they've taken guys they could have gotten later. Uh, and that doesn't sound like Bill Belichick. So I don't know what's uh, in the water up in Boston. And well, I'm thrilled to be here, by the way. So thank you for having me on.
3: Oh, well, thank you so much. And here's a pick that's going to be scratching my head a little bit too. <laughs> So the Steelers are going to be going George Pickens. They take their Chase Claypool part two, the matchup with their no-arm quarterbacks. So we'll go with Healman now. Healman, what's your reaction to this?
2: Yeah, um, that's that's a, definitely an interesting one. We you know we kind of saw a tackle as an option there. They got some defensive holes to fill. They, they've, they've lost a lot of defensive players in free agency the last couple of years. Um, yeah, just maybe it was too good of a value. Um but, yeah, that's that's a head-scratcher.
3: <laughs> Chris, let's circle back real quick to the Eagles pick because we didn't really get a chance to talk about it with all the excitement over the Patriots pick. They took the center slash guard Cam Jurgens. I didn't have him up that high on my board, but they're trying to address the need there in the interior of their offensive line. But what's your take on it?
6: Yeah, I think he's not a guy that has high on my board either, but is one of the guys that is probably equipped to play center, um, a guy that definitely kind of be, you know, pick your preference in the sense that the centers are left on, on the board. I like the listen kid more from Boston College, but I think this is a guy that the Eagles, you know, that Kelsey's getting older. It's probably in the last you know, year or two to let his deal. They have insurance with losing Barrett Brooks as well. Um, so I think this is a guy that kind of ensures that the offensive line will continue to be a strength of the Eagles.
3: But then after that, the Colts have just moved into the pick 53 spot. The Vikings traded out again. I'm still trying to work on getting the details as to what that just inquired. Yeah, can, I,
6: can, I, can I just comment real quick on the Patriots? Sure. I find it funny that everybody seems to be shocked. This is what the Patriots do every year. They take, especially when it comes to receiver. When they draft receivers, it's always somebody that's not that good for Belichick. It never materializes. And then they always take somebody in the second round that everybody's like, What in the world did you do that, Patrick?
3: Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but the Colts just went Alec Pierce. So Adam, who's been on the the show, just got the the guy that he wanted here. Alec Pierce coming off the boards. They get a speedster to match up with Michael Pittman on the other side. This is one of the few second-round picks so far that I've actually liked, to be honest, or at least in this range anyway, that I've liked here. It, he matches up really well with Michael Pittman does. Now he'll be able to operate how he has in the past, be a big man slot, go in and out. Pierce will be there to take on that T.Y. Hilton role and be the deep field stretcher. Kielman, what do you think about?
2: Yeah, Alec Pierce, was. he's been moving up the draft boards, uh, moved the sticks, had him as a day-two pick, early day-two pick, and this is where it is. Uh, they kind of had him in Seattle. Um, Kansas City, um, but this this is a good spot, and for you know a lot of bad landing spots as far as fantasy football implications, it's a pretty decent one. Uh, I don't think he's going to dr- jump into your first round or anything like that, but it definitely should help his stock.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the Chiefs will be on the clock next. They traded back to this pick. Hartman, if you're the Chiefs and you have that crazy AFC West that is just on their heels – doing everything they possibly can to knock off the king, what do you think they need to do to keep everybody at bay?
5: I think they just keep doing what they've been doing. You know, they're still the team to beat in that division until somebody beats them. Uh, They have the second-best record in the NFL the last three years. They have Patrick Mahomes. He's locked up for a long time. And, you know, they're a patient team. I think that they – if if there's a a draft room and a coaching staff – in a front office, I trust to do the right things to get better without making crazy moves. I mean, the, the fact that they let Tyreek Hill go because they realized they couldn't pay him and pay Mahomes and then be able to pay anyone else. Uh, you know, I I I know everyone's chasing him and everyone in that division's getting better, but uh, I still think that uh, they just need to keep doing what they've been doing until someone gets better than
3: them. Yeah, I mean that that. Fair. And when you have Patrick Mahomes and you got Andy Reid and you have all the other talent they have there, you know what? You can still say you have just as good of a shot as anybody to win a division. I do want to point out, though, Hartman is wearing one of our giveaways, and we are doing another one right now as we speak. We're giving away a Jonathan Taylor jersey as I get it up here on the screen for everybody. Look, Patriot fans especially, I'm talking to you right now, if you need to be cheered up because you've had a rough draft weekend, We're trying to give away this Jonathan Taylor jersey to do just that. All you got to do is follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter, retweet it. It's pinned to the top. Register on Pristine Auction. Use the promo code BELLY at sign-up. That will get you into the tournament, and we will select a winner at 8 p.m. on Monday, May 2nd, this upcoming Monday, for a Jonathan Taylor giveaway, just to lift some spirits because there's always people that are going to be upset after the drafts, and I can't and, think of anybody more, so the page right now, go ahead. And, and Dan, I'm
5: glad you brought that up, because I was going to mention it. I think I won the first uh, raffle that you guys did
3: yes, with correct.
5: Christine. It's a Javante Williams autographed jersey, and uh came in the mail, and I'm very psyched to have it and uh, to uh, to wear it tonight. So thank you guys again for running those raffles.
4: Oh, and
3: thank you for participating in it. All right, so the Col- we know the Colts are going to take Alec Pierce here. We're getting back to the Kansas City Chiefs. After them comes up the Arizona Cardinals. And we haven't seen the Cardinals really be able to pick yet because they traded for Marquise Brown there in the first round. So, Chris, let's get to you. You're the Cardinals now, you're set at wide receiver. I got to think they're going to address defense, or you think maybe they go offensive line?
6: I mean, I think they could use both, but I think the guy that should be for one of these two teams should be Travis Jones. I think this is a guy that clearly is going to be a run stopper in the NFL. I think he could be a three-down guy as well. He, he tested he really well at the senior, comp, uh, senior bowl, I should say. Um, a guy that I, I love going into this draft is a board-line first-rounder. So I think this is a guy for either team, next two teams would definitely benefit because both teams kind of you know need to stop the run. I think he'd be a great guy to be able to draft for either one of those.
3: Heelman, do you have a comment right now? Let's think about this for a second. Outside of Kenny Pickett, all of the quarterbacks are continuing to fall. This is what I wanted to see because I didn't think any of these quarterbacks were really all that good, but because they're quarterbacks, they always get pumped up unnecessarily. But what's your reaction now we're looking at this and we're at pick 55, we're at pick 54, Malik Willis is still on the board, Desmond Ritter still on the board, Matt Corral still on the board. Are the, Where are these guys going to go?
2: Yeah, this. I'm looking at the board myself and going, um, you know, Minnesota just signed uh, Cousins to an extension. Did, they just drafted Mon. Did they go and, and dip into the pool again? I don't think so. Atlanta, um, you know, they're just falling into their lap the value. So maybe they take somebody. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, I think I Kyle Trask behind, uh, you know, and Gabbert behind Brady, but, you know, he's not going to play forever, we don't think. Um, so, yeah, there's just. There's not a lot of spots for quarterbacks, and then there's a lot of Carolina and Baker Mayfield news um, that's going on. So they're the two or three times they've said it, just keeps heating up as far as yep. Baker to Carolina. Let me touch on
3: that right now because there's a few rumors running around. There's nothing to actually report as of this moment. But we got a couple of them. So one is that supposedly Carolina is talking to Cleveland right now about Baker Mayfield. The other one is that the Honey Badger might be getting into contract negotiations with the Philadelphia Eagles. So those are the two things that are getting flowed around as we speak. Nothing to re- report on yet, but that's being talked about pretty seriously by a lot of guys that I normally trust to break news from that standpoint. So I just wanted to kind of bring that in uh, to the conversation here. So while we're waiting for Arizona to kind of get on the clock, I haven't been able to talk to you guys yet tonight, so uh, we'll start with Hartman. Hartman, what's been your favorite pick so far this evening? This evening? This evening. Uh, That's a good question. There
5: are a few that I liked. Um, I liked the John Mechie pick. Okay. Um, And uh, there were a couple right at the beginning of the round, um, and a couple that there there's still a couple players. I know this wasn't the question you asked, but I'm trying to figure out what's happened to Nakoby Dean. Um and it's why he's still why he's still on the board. I mean, I, I think a lot of people were expecting him to be one of the first maybe five, six names uh that we heard tonight. Um maybe top ten names anyway, and we still haven't heard his name. Uh so I'm just curious if 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 there's a reason that he's fallen this far and if there's a likely landing spot for him soon. And if what the rest of uh, you think about that.
3: Well, Chris, I want my bet. So Trey McBride would be over 46 and a half. And he comes off the board here to the Arizona Cardinals. Surprising that because they brought back Zach Ertz, they go Trey McBride, but we know Zach Ertz seems like he is a, well, he's what twenty-seven going on fifty-seven? With the way You're he right. runs, it feels Williams like it leads that, that way. So, go ahead, Chris. What's your reaction?
6: I said they brought back Max Williams as well, though. So that's yeah. a little bit surprising to me. That team that's you know wants to be a four-receiver offense is investing so much draft capital in tight ends. Um, I I love McBride. I think he's a bad fit for the team. I think he definitely could be productive. It just is very much you know kind of eye-opening. You're adding little with more weapons for Kyler Murray. Great. Who's gonna have to perform? for him? Who's gonna open a hole to that running game and who's gonna stop anybody on that defense? That team fell apart once that defense got exposed and JJ Watt went down. They don't have you know, Chandler Jones was, was super happy with his contract last year. So I think you look at all the different things on this on this team, this team really could have used other pieces. McBride, why I love his, his potential I think he's a really good player, I just don't understand you know, kind of the fit and sense and why they're wasting kind of capital for a guy that they already basically try to scheme out of their offense. A position, I should say, trying to keep
3: out of their offense. Well, un- I think the reason is, unlike the Packers, when their quarterback complains, they just give him whatever he wants as much as they possibly can, and <laughs> the Packers do just complete opposite. I think that's, I think that's what we're seeing. Like, Ari Murray, you're going to have nothing to say. Sign our contract with dotted line, but we got the Chiefs pick in here too. Chiefs <laughs> looking for their Tyreek Hill replacement. They're going with Sky Moore. So we actually got some fantasy stuff to talk about here along with the fits. Now, I don't think he is Tyreek Hill. Do not get me twisted. But, Hillman, what's your immediate reaction to this?
2: I love it. I love it. Sky Moore, I, I don't know why he was falling, but um, this is a great spot for him. He's definitely going to be someone that people are buzzing around on Twitter about. because um, he's, he's Everyone's a big, big Sky Moore fan. Then he gets a good landing spot gets a good quarterback.
3: What, yeah, what's and your reaction, Hartman? Go ahead.
5: Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, one of the other picks I really liked in this round was the Christian Watson pick by Green Bay and the fact that they moved up to get him um, with the success they've had with taking receivers in the second round plus his, his size speed combo. And just, you know, if you're thinking about this from a fantasy perspective, any r- rookie receiver that's getting paired with either Rogers or Mahomes, you got to at least – sort of look at the situation and think about, um, you know, that kind of landing spot for a receiver, and especially with the departures on those offenses and the the ability to step into a role where, um, you know, even as rookies, they're likely to see a lot of playing time um, is very intriguing, I think. Uh, And uh, I think that's true for both of these guys. And uh, I, I also was wondering... Um, when Sky Moore's name was going to be called. He's another guy I kind of expected to hear in the first half of this round. Um, so I think this is a nice pickup for Kansas City.
3: Chris, we talked about Sky Moore on our show uh, last week, and this is about the range of where we had him going. I have him pegged mostly as a slot type of receiver. They they sign guys like Marquez Valdez Scaling to be the deep threat. We know they have Travis Kelsey. They have to get the guy who's going to get. Kelsey, it's oddly enough. Travis Kelsey was actually on the NFL draft talking about this gesture. They got to figure out who's going to be that guy to get that seven yards and move the chains. This could be that guy in that, that scheme.
6: I mean, he could. I mean, they had Robinson, they had Pringle, they had other. He's definitely upgraded over those guys. But fantasy wise, you know, a lot of people were excited about Dwayne Eskridge and his, you know, where he was going to do when he got to the NFL. I think this could, you know, you have know, DK and Tyler Lockett necessarily compete with. But I don't like Ward necessarily going to come in and, you know, walk the world fantasy wise right off the bat. They did add Juju, who I think is probably going to play the slot receiver, top number. You know, I think Skyward is definitely better served at. And I think that you have a guy like Hardman, and you have a guy like um, <clears throat> MBS. These guys are all more speedsters. He's a speedster, but I think you need somebody who's going to kind of be a you know alpha if you're going to upgrade in one fantasy. And I don't think he's necessarily that that guy. So I don't love, I don't love him, you know, this year coming up fantasy. Maybe down the road, but right now is not a guy I necessarily my fantasy radar that high
3: you know what? That's fair because it's hard to – we have not seen too many slot receiver types come out and be successful fantasy-wise that first immediate year in rookie. Heelman, you're, you're shaking your head yes. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're, you're – he's. there's a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas City, and it was Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It wasn't like there was always another another person. And we got Juju there. Um, I think Pringle got arrested, so I don't know what's going to go with him, but they got MVS it might take a little while. So I, I think, you know, what Chris said in regards to maybe not one year one, um, being a fantasy star, but I think he's someone that you're going to want to pick up in your dynasty leagues.
3: So Harmon, I know your, your pigskin papers, Dallas Cowboys are gonna be on the clock here. What do you want them to not do for your benefit?
5: <laughs> oh, for, for Dallas, I want them to not get better. I'm also uh, <laughs> pretty partial to the, to the giants, um, which, uh, you know, I they, they've they've always drafted very well with offensive line. Um and uh they they've already started to address that in this draft. Um they killed it with Micah Parsons last year. Um you know Amari Cooper's gone and I think they'll at some point address their receiver room in this draft. Um but you know I I, I don't want to see Dallas get better, but I'm sure they'll make a pick here. That's someone that's gonna help their team. We're, we're still in, a, you know, it's funny. I went back and looked at picks from two years ago, the kind of players that tend to fall in this, or can fall in this part of a draft. And this is who went 51 to 55, two drafts ago. Speaking of the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs was the 51st pick. And then Cam Akers went to the Rams 52nd. Jalen Hurts went to the Eagles 53. A.J. Epenesa went 54, and then J.K. Dobbins went 55th, and then Raquan Davis went to the Dolphins 56. That's a pretty impressive run, um, and so it's it's you know worth bearing that in mind. We all focus so much on the first round of the draft, but you know you, you're still getting guys now that you hope are going to be starters on your team, and I think Dallas has traditionally done very well on on day two and even day three. I mean, obviously, Dak Prescott is the one that really comes to mind, but um, they've been a pretty good team in this section of the draft historically.
3: Pick is in, and it's Sam Williams going with the defensive end pass rusher from Old Miss. This was a need for them. I don't know if this is the top guy on your guys' board for this position at this point. It wasn't for me. But, Hartman, you were just talking about the Cowboys and what they would do. So, what's your reaction to the actual pick here? Uh, you know, it,
5: they have had some departures uh, in their pass rush. They've got Micah Parsons. I mean, I think this probably projects as a rotational player initially. Um but uh I, I did not have him um, I, I, I think there's still some other, some other edges I had ahead of him, but, um, you know, I, I think uh, they usually know what they're doing, so uh, I'm mistrustful
3: of. Them. Sorry about that, but we got a trade in here and the bills are trading their 57th pick to the Bucks before they make that pick. We're going to have to say goodbye to you guys. And so happy that you guys came on uh, Hartman. Where can we follow you at and what are you working on next? Everybody should go ahead and check out.
5: Yeah, I, my blog is called uh, pigskin papers and it's uh, on Twitter. I'm at pigskin papers. It's www. And I write about the NFL and also fantasy football Um, My off-season content is uh, probably on the once to twice a week basis. And then during the season, I'm usually posting um, two to three articles per week. Uh, Recapping, usually do kind of a start sit. And I do a waiver wire
2: column every week.
3: Excellent. Heelman, where can we follow you and check you out, man?
2: All right. You can find me uh, at Dynasty Dorks on Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Um, and I'm also the content director for Gridiron Ratings. Check our rookie guide out for IDP and offensive rankings. GridironRatings.com.
3: Excellent. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We're going to be talking to you a real soon again. I am sure everyone, stay tuned here with the NFL Draft by Belly Up Sports and the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're we'll taking a quick break. Get our next slate of guests. Uh, I can't even talk anymore. Our next slate of guests in. We'll be back right after this.
1: Get your party started with the Kong Beer Bong. You get a canned cooler for those chilled, laid-back get-togethers, and a built-in beer bong for when things start to get a little wild. It's portable and ready to party no matter where you are in the world. It's perfect for any holiday event. And the party doesn't stop there. They have an assortment of fun party accessories to take your party to the next level. Be the most wanted party animal for any get-together with the Kong Beer Bomb. Visit bellyupsports.com today. Click our Partners tab. All shipments in America are free.
3: We introduce you guys with a pick made by the Bucks. They traded up and got Luke Odecki, addressing a need—a guy who played guard and or tackle on that offensive line. Before we get into the analysis of this all, let's introduce our new guest, Andrew's back again. One, thank you, Andrew, for coming right on back. We got Kelsey from High Low Sports. How's it going, bud?
4: Man, doing good, doing good, enjoying the draft.
3: Good, I'm glad you're here. And we got Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast. Brian, how you doing?
7: I'm good. What a what a draft this year, huh guys?
3: It's it's always insane. There's always a lot to talk about afterwards and this is why I love the NFL draft. But let's react, Chris. I feel like I haven't heard your voice in a while. We guys kept taking it up for you. What is your reaction to this pick? What pick? The buck <laughs> taking Luke decky That's why I oh, heard your voice in a while. You're off oh, like, in never, never land. <laughs> you know, well,
6: I, I'm just, honestly, I'm still thinking about Andrew and thinking about his Thornton reaction to probably just to the watching this. He special. just came, just
3: came back on the, the ball yesterday.
6: I can only imagine what he's probably feeling right now. But yeah, um, this is a guy that I don't think it should. You know, a little bit of a reach in my opinion where he's going. A guy that's definitely got a little bit, a little bit more strength and stronger to be a, an NFL starter. I do think he's going to profile as a guard. Um, I don't like him like at tackle. I think he's got a, he's too slow getting out of his stance. But a guy is definitely a technically sound guy. A guy who does you know plays in, in, in his frame in a sense um, doesn't really do anything extra. It's, I feel like this is kind of an average starter in the NFL. So that's why I'm not so excited about it. But I understand the Tampa Bay you know keep Tom Brady upright and not pressure up the middle is kind of the key for them. So I understand why they're kind of investing and double downing on that.
3: Well, that's why I think Luke Odeke is an interesting pick because if he plays the guard position, what's something we've always talked about with Tom Brady? If you pressure him up the middle, he's in trouble. His best asset is his pass protection skills. Atlanta's about to come up. Is this where Malik Willis comes off the board, Kelsey?
4: Man, I have been hoping for Malik Willis to go off the board at some <laughs> point in time. Like at this point in time, uh, what am I missing from watching Malik Willis's tape? Is is my big question? Uh, and, and look, if you're if you're Atlanta. Absolutely take him because you, you can sit him behind a skill set <laughs> that is basically identical to his, and you give him an extra year just to get ready. You get Drake London a year to, to get to get going. I mean, Mariota is, is more than capable for handling a year a year of this offense, but I think long-term we're going to see a replacement there, and I would love to see Malik Willis go to Atlanta. I mean, they deserve something at least to, to, to happen for them.
3: <laughs> they already have the weapons, right? They spent yeah, the first-round oh, pick on Drake London. <laughs> you have Kyle Pitts. Maybe in twenty twenty three, you have Calvin Ridley again if he manages not to gamble while he's sitting on his couch for the next <laughs> season. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But they do have some weapons there heading into Atlanta. Yeah. It remains I mean, to be seen.
4: It, it's it it's be amazing, seen. right? Like, how do you have so many weapons in Atlanta and you just you're just still not able to to win a game? It, it, it's it's always been fascinating with Atlanta just blowing it in the, in in any sort of important situation.
8: Organizational, organizational.
4: Hey, you can't blame Art Blank. Art Blank is, does everything for the fans. That man is is a, is a fan friendly owner, but unfortunately, his team not so much.
3: All right, and the pick is in. Atlanta goes linebacker to go with Troy Anderson out of Montana State. I want to say this. This is too high for Troy Anderson, but I'm very intrigued by Troy Anderson. Now, he didn't play against top-level competition or anything like that, but he's got a size and an athletic skill set that is incredibly intriguing if you're able to develop the technical aspect of his game. But again... (laughs) That's why he doesn't belong in the second round because you're taking guys that you need to be a little bit more polished to actually play for. Especially for a team like Atlanta, they were they have they need guys to come in and play right away. I don't think this was the right pick, but Andrew, am I right or wrong here?
8: I definitely agree that it's too high, but it is rare for two forty three six four to have his speed at the linebacker position to be able to go lateral and and be able to you know probably get to the edges, cover the flats on some runs that go outside. It, it does make sense uh, for what Atlanta is looking for here. Uh, but it does – I'm still just shocked they still haven't taken – this is now their second opportunity to take Malik Willis at, at a spot no. where it makes sense.
3: We want Bryce Young
4: next year. And
8: they're just not doing it. So maybe are they – especially with this pick now, are they telling us that they are they are looking deeper into uh, beyond this, this year? Are they looking to – they're fine uh, developing guys, um, and maybe they don't believe that Malik Willis is the long, long-term answer.
3: I, I mean, I don't think he is anyway, so I wouldn't be disagreeing with him there if that, in fact, was the case. I want to get Brian on here. Now, Brian, like I said, he's got the Injured List podcast. He specializes in all these things. And I want to ask him about Devin Ojabu. He went to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, with him coming off the Achilles injury, what's your assessment on that type of injury for a edge rusher?
7: Um, it's, it's pretty significant. And when you watch oh, the no. film of him being drafted, if you notice, he never stood up. And my guess is because he actually has had surgery already to repair that Achilles. So you're looking at probably nine months before he's actually cleared to get in there and do any um, high-impact hitting or uh, football activities. And that's really what dropped him down in this draft and and sent him into the second round. Otherwise, he would have been a top-ten pick, which blows my mind as to why he was even having a pro day in the first place. Because this is what ends up happening. Um, Because, you know, he was probably having some type of inflammation or problems with that tendon throughout the season. And then because he didn't have enough time to rest and started getting ready for whatever reason for this pro day, uh, this is what you end up with. You end up with a ruptured Achilles tendon, and now you're recovering for basically nine months of the season almost. And um, he's probably not going to be available uh, for much of the year, if at all. And it'd be foolish, I think, to throw him in there um, without making sure he's, he's super, super recovered. So I wouldn't expect even see him suit up this year if he's had surgery to to repair that tendon.
3: Chris, let's play that scenario out real quick. If that's going to be the case and the Ravens are a team that's even though they didn't make the playoffs trying to get back to a Super Bowl, do you think it was smart of them to in a second round to take a player that they may have the redshirt?
6: I think it's very smart of them. I think what we see the Ravens doing is getting back to the Raven ways. They got a playmaker in a second level now in the secondary. They added, you know, a center. A lot Marshall with his impact he had for the Ravens, and now they have a pass rusher. The Ravens have had really struggled for pass rush for the last couple of years. They've tried different guys they've thrown out there. If they can get a guy who has top 10 talent, even if you shirt him, pairing with the rest of that defense they have in place with the ball hawks they have in that secondary, I love the fit, and I love the opportunity for them to kind of be a next-level defense moving forward versus just a good defense. All
3: right, so i got to get to the, the Vikings pick. They go offensive guard here. They go with Ed Ingram, but more of a run blocker type of offensive guard. So the Vikings getting into the trenches, making sure Dalvin Cook has room to run. Kevin O'Connell needs to run his offense. Kelsey, what's your immediate reaction?
4: I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you 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 have a all world back there in Dalvin Cook, and you just you got to just keep him keep him clean as much as you can. So just go get him some run blocking. It's that simple. Kirk Cousins, he's a play-action type of guy anyways. So you need to sell that run. No better person to sell that run than a run blocker himself. Uh, look, Eddie may be purely a run blocker. He's not bad in pass blocking by any means. He is. I graded him basically average across the board, NFL average. It's not bad, but he is definitely a much better run blocker. But on a team in, in Minnesota where you have to block for – Point seven seconds in a pass situation, just because he's going to throw it up to Justin Jefferson fifty yards, you'll be okay.
3: think, Andrew.
8: I, I think there's a theme that we're starting to see here with this draft, and that we can sit here and talk about value and talk about what we think teams are going to take based on who's left on the board. Teams are doing whatever they want to do. They're, they're picking. They're they're all picking ex- for the position they need, and they're just because. Look, Ingram was someone who was probably like a mid to late fourth round guy and so this this feels like a big reach but i feel like when it comes to the offensive line so far this draft is at least in this round there's been quite a few reaches we've been seeing so i think we're just seeing a, a trend here where they're they're not really thinking about value they're just taking their guy and they're confident in it
3: brian what's your reaction to that? i mean there's always been that debate of do you draft for need or do you draft for value where do you come on that side of the argument
7: so i tend to look at the draft through a little bit different lens given my background um you know the whole purpose in my opinion and based on my experience in sports medicine orthopedics over the years is that the draft is a way to kind of go car shopping right and not to minuscule these players and make them compare them to cars but are are you looking for a new car right fresh off the lot you know with all this potential and all these great um you know uh options or are you willing to kind of uh, settle for something that may be pre-owned or used a little bit? And when you look at some of these players who've dropped in the second round, um, they're going for need, and they're going for guys that probably would have been gone already. So if you find a good used car on the lot that's got maybe a low mileage, but maybe has a few dings in the, in the bumper or something, then, then sometimes you're willing to take a risk. And you know, that's what we're seeing with guys like Ojabu. You know, there's a couple, a bunch of other guys in this draft that have been injured uh, dating back to last year, even the year before, who've, who've fallen down the list, and some guys who've been taken very high. And to be honest, that's what I look at when I take a look at the draft and I watch the draft. I kind of try to feel out what they're looking for. Sorry,
3: I cut you off there, with the Bengals just made a move up to take the Buffalo Bills pick at 60. They built The Bengals gave up 63 and 209 to move up three spots here. So we'll see exactly what direction they're going to head in. Chris, what do you you think the Bengals are trying to move up here? Just a couple of spots to make sure they grab.
6: I mean, I would think they're probably looking to move up to get defense, but I'm going to keep saying his name until he comes off the board. My boy, Daniel Fioli would make a fantastic pick for them. They passed them I want Daniel Fioli. I want well, I the do, <laughs> but I, 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 I do want him. But I also want to point out, the, you know, this is the team that got kind of badgered last year by you know one of our hosts, including, that Jamar Chase you know, should have been their pick. He should have took Perry Sewell with their pick. And I think they continue to have need at that offensive line position, particularly at the tackle position. I don't think like Jonah Williams is a starting tackle. I don't like Riley Reef. So I think there's two guys that you could definitely replace without adding a top-tier tackle, in my opinion. Or...
3: Or a cornerback? Is that what you're going to say?
6: Well, i I said defense to begin with. I thought they were going to trade up for it. I, I didn't. That's not what, what I would do, but I thought that they would probably trade up for it. Um, a guy that I think you know, balanced corner. We talked about their need before and earlier in the draft. They took a safety. This is another guy that kind of to add the
2: secondary.
3: They've attacked secondary twice now. They drafted Daxton Hill in the first round. So Bengals are saying to themselves, "Look, we're going to put up a bunch of points. We have the offense to do it." Let's make sure we're in position to limit the other team when we're basically they're building their team to be up by two scores after the first quarter. We've seen that be successful in the past. We've seen the Chiefs win the Super Bowl being that kind of defense. It looks to me that's what the Bengals are trying to do. Now, whether you fall on the side of whether Britt is the next guy, eh, I have my questions about Britt myself. There's been too many times where I've seen that guy look into the backfield on a double move and get toasted over the top. And he reminds me of Eli Apple. So I don't know how it's much. Not a love comparison him. you want. Don't know <laughs> how we, did much. Did we roast I love Eli that Apple idea. enough on the Super Bowl? Never. <laughs> you know what? It would have been fine had he gone away, but the Bengals had to bring him back. So now we just need a whole new list of jokes for 2022. But he has his air replacement. So it's okay. They're going to have at least one corner on the backside who's going to be faked out by a double move every single time and take it to the house. They're that's just that's a there. That
6: I think it's hey, a Cincinnati, Cincinnati tradition, though. They've always had that one corner position. It's always been horrible.
3: Hey, guess who's on the clock, guys? Uh oh. Finally. The 49ers. Yeah. It's a Is a running
6: back on the board still, Dan? <laughs>
3: if they take Isaiah Spiller, I would shoot myself next to Andrew. We can, we can
6: go ahead and suicide. Could, party could they afterwards. go Malik Willis here? Oh, boy. <laughs> That would be that would be great. Just just blow every
4: 49ers fan's minds if you go Malik Willis here or any quarterback for that matter.
3: That would be that would be utterly fantastic. Uh look, as far as our needs, I say it's a long laundry list of things that we need to go with. The biggest one for me would be interior offensive line here at this standpoint. our offensive line is getting older when Trent Williams gets hurt. I'm tired of having to watch george kittle be a glorified tackle whenever that happens he's not allowed to be used in the passing game when that comes out to fruition but they also need things on the defensive side of the ball i i am not a buyer in that the signing of dravious ward somehow addresses the cornerback issue and improves it in any kind of capacity so multiple ways they could go here we'll see exactly what happens after that kansas city comes up again (coughs) So Kansas City, they addressed Sky Moore with their offense as their quote-unquote Tyreek Hill-ish replacement. They've gone <laughs> with the secondary. They've gone with the pass rusher. Where does Kansas City go trying to keep up with that AFC West, Kelsey?
4: Man, I, I I think you have to go defense, and I really honestly keep looking at there's a man on the board that I think we all had ranked top 20 in this <sighs> draft, if not higher. And I'm still looking at him, just wondering when he's going to go. And he's a little undersized, but he actually fits the role really well for Kansas City. That's the Kobe Dean. I, I look, you got need a guy to go to sideline to sideline. You need you need a guy who can run your defense. Whatever reason he's sliding, stop it now. Just just pick him and solve all your problems. I know you took Bolton <laughs> last year, but you need a guy who's a little faster to, to play alongside him, especially since they come out in a lot of nickel. Uh, you get, you're gonna have to help out your defense, and N'Kobe Dean has all the speed in the world to help out that defense in a nickel package.
3: Don't worry, I'm not shaking my head at you because we always need more defensive ends. The Forty Niners <laughs> take Drake Jackson. It's the only position we're allowed oh, to draft in the draft. I think is defensive end on top of defensive end on top of defensive end, and it's See, Drake Jackson. Is Drake Jackson at that? Yeah, defense tackle occasionally, yeah. That's true too. <laughs>
4: uh
3: this is a guy I I I hate this guy. I hate Drake Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? You're you, I cannot stand Drake. So he can only move forward. He has no wiggle whatsoever. If he can't beat you off of his initial pop in his bull rush, he's got nothing to fall back on. This was somebody who I thought was going to get drafted way too high by somebody else anyway because he only has one skill set to begin with, and I think he's about 20 po- pounds undersized what he really needs to be. What he really needs to be is a penetrating <coughs> three technique, but he's about 20 pounds too light for that. I don't think this guy is a five technique or a pass rushing edge. But, guy, Chris, currently you disagree.
6: I love Drake Jackson, so oh. I, I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> I don't made. know
3: what you were watching.
6: I think a guy that's con- it hasn't really been utilized properly what he can do. He's asked to do a lot in USC. He has to play outside linebacker. He has to play inside, outside. A guy that has a multiple skill set, and I think when he's asked to actually just be a pass rusher, he has some of the best pass rushing ability in this draft class, in my opinion. So when you look at a guy that brings some explosiveness off the edge, was fantastic measurables. Um, I, I think that this is a guy that has a lot of upside. He's going to get better in the pros. Will be Well, the 49ers don't love the fit necessarily, but I really love Drake Jackson. He's a guy I actually had in my top 25.
3: Not only is he not even somebody that I like, but he gets compared most commonly to a linebacker, not a defensive end in Eli Harrell. that is his most uh, his most common comp. Uh, that's not a pass rusher <laughs> as i you guys didn't see it, but I just threw my paperwork <laughs> off the table because I was so pissed <laughs> off at it. <clears throat> it was, I mean, this, uh, Brian, I'd love to get your take on this
7: um i'm gonna I'm gonna defer. <laughs> <laughs> All I will say is this: When it comes to these guys, you know, a lot. Too, I think too much goes into the emphasis about size and uh, stuff like that. You know, don't forget, a lot of these guys, man, are raw. And if they can get put up with the right coach in the right system, uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, if they got the athletic traits, the physical build, um, despite their height, I think they can make significant improvement in the NFL. You're talking about top-level coaches, best of the best. Um, it's a big difference from college to the pros. Um, even from high school to the college level. So uh, I think a lot of it's, you know, over overblown with the media and the hype around the combine and the draft. You know, give these guys a chance, man. You'll be surprised. And I think that's why the NFL draft is so intriguing compared to some of the other drafts. You can find some superstars, round twos and round three, even deep into the end of the draft, even in like round six and stuff. I mean, you, you can find some guys that are going to contribute <laughs> in some way. You have more uh, faith in my coaching staff developing guys <laughs> than I do. <laughs> Well, all I know is I'm a New York guy, and I'm a Giant fan, and I'm happy this year because we did a great job. And I'm glad that we got rid of Eli Apple a few years ago when they had the opportunity because he was (laughs) miserable.
4: Everybody should get rid of Eli Apple when they have the opportunity.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God he's gone. All right, so the Chiefs are back up on the board. I agree with Kelsey's assessment that N'Kobe Dean would make a lot of sense for them because he fits – What Steve Spagnuolo generally looks for out of his linebackers on the defense anyway. He wants guys from sideline to sideline range and, generally speaking, work really well in blitz packages, in particular with stunts. So that would actually work out pretty well if that was the pick here. We'll see exactly what it'll be probably within the next few minutes or so. The second round is starting to fly off the board. It usually starts to pick up when we get towards the late second round, third round, a few less trades. Guys pretty much already know what they want to do. So we'll see exactly what comes on. But the Buffalo Bills come on after that. They've been consistently trading down this entire draft. But there are also a team that they don't really need a whole lot of stuff to make their next run. The overtime rules were changed for their benefit. So what does Buffalo need to do, Andrew, to get back to where they were and get over the hump this time?
8: So real fast, I do want to touch on Kansas City real fast because I do have a wild card here. I, I... – do not disagree with Kelsey on N'Kobe Dean at all. It does make sense. But I do think something that's being undercovered and and desired here for Kansas City is more offensive line help. I think a big part of their downfall last year was the amount that – look, we all know – Before you Abraham you can put Abraham, finish, oh, you thought can
3: finish it. your thought. <laughs>
8: Doesn't matter anymore. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say Abraham Lucas would have been a good fit for them. A little something they could go, but maybe they can get him later. But never mind. <laughs> I do,
3: they they've addressed the safety position when losing the Honey Badger. I like Brian Cook quite a bit. I don't know if I liked him this high, but I do like Brian Cook's skill set. What he brings, a bigger type of safety. He can kind of play in the box, or he can drop back out. I like his skill set, but I did have him more as a third-round grade, maybe even a borderline fourth-round grade. Didn't necessarily have him in the second round, but the Chiefs have done a lot to address the secondary, recognizing that that defense is going to have to get better if they're going to be able to continue to stay up top in first place. But, Chris, what's your reaction to this pick?
6: I like the player. I don't like the, the fit. Uh, they took Thornton Hill last year. They, they had to read this for offseason, so they had to address, address the safety position with the Honey Badger. This guy, to me, as you talked about, is best kind of playing in that box. That's what Thor does the best at. So I don't know what you're going to do playing three safeties out there. I and mean, they lost Sorenson. Um Maybe they're trying to go back to that idea of we're going to play three safeties, and then one of that guys going to be a glorified linebacker in a sense. But I think that if they kind of saw last you know couple of years. I would hope so that when he was out there, he's basically a pass you know pass coverage um, casualty that co- allowed guys to have big plays constantly. So I I don't like this. I like the player. Don't like the pick.
3: So I'll tell you somebody else who has not picked yet will be coming up very, very soon. The Denver Broncos at pick 64. They got Russell Wilson. They're big, big winners of that trade block this year. They have Cortland Sutton in there. Jerry Judy's on his way back. Here's a question that just popped in my head for Brian. How about KJ Hamler? What do you think he's going to be at in his recovery?
7: Um, Just tell me what his injury was, and I'll be able to tell you.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, it was an Achilles, right, guys? Was Achilles or an ACL?
7: Uh, Yeah, definitely
4: lower leg injury.
7: So, I mean, if ACLs, I mean, you look at a guy like uh, Williams, Williams, uh, Jameson Williams, uh, apparently he had an isolated ACL tear. So guys like him, very lucky because that's not always the case. Straightforward recovery, seven to nine months, he'll be back on the field. You look at guys like OBJ, two years, you know, less than two years after tearing his uh, ACL and having surgery, uh, his career is going to be completely altered from what it used to be. He's going to have to change his way of play. He's not going to be the same guy. So anywhere in between is where kind of everybody else falls. Um, Achilles injuries, like I said earlier with the Jabu, you know, you're looking at seven to nine months before you're back on the field doing any type of activity after surgery. But, you know, the thing is, it really, it really affects those guys who were on the defensive side, I think, more so than the offensive side, because you have to backpedal, you have to plant, push off that Achilles. And that's usually when the injuries occurs during that eccentric phase of loading the muscle. And that is when guys are most apprehensive and most scared about re-injuring themselves. So it takes a long time, not just physically to recover from those injuries, but mentally as well. So until those guys get over that mental hurdle, there can sometimes be a year before they're kind of really back to where they were. So, you know, take that for what it's worth when you assess these guys and when you look at your picks. But, uh, you know, those are all kind of average answers. It's hard to kind of predict each individual and how they're going to respond. Of course, there's outliers you know, guys that bounce back way sooner than they should, and then there's guys that take a lot longer than they probably should. You just gotta, you know, go with the with the averages and uh, hope that you uh, pick the guy that can maybe get get on the outlier side.
3: James Cook goes to the Buffalo Bills. I love this pick. I love this pick by. My- face is gleaming from a fantasy standpoint I wanted first of all I wanted James Cook to fall in a situation where he would get the opportunity to be a fantasy star if he could just put 10 pounds on you can't tell me why he's not his brother he moves very similarly he is very I think he is a little bit faster than Dalvin Cook is he's got to get a little bit better in pass protection to be able to play early on but what I foresee early on Chris you can tell me if I'm wrong here or not but I see him and Devin Singletary in a nice one-two punch platoon matched up with an offense that's going to score a lot of points, and Cook's going to be allowed to be a home-run threat out of that backfield. What do you think?
6: That part I agree with. I don't agree that he's as good as his brother. He's if to be 10 pounds. But I do agree that in this offense, he could clearly be that pass-catching guy out of the backfield, Josh Allen's kind of security blanket. So I think, obviously, PPR the leagues, especially full-point PPR leagues, he does look at like a huge value. I think you're gonna kind of remain to be seen how little of the value will be for the other leagues of standard, for example, because you still have Singletary there, you still have Zach Moss there, and those guys when they weren't featured necessarily, struggle to kind of be fantasy relevant. So you need kind of one of those guys to kind of step up, or two of those guys to be the key guys versus them constantly rotating different guys. Did they bring Duke Johnson in as well? So it's gonna be interesting. We had Matt Bree to kind of steal some carries last year. That was frustrating for a lot of fantasy owners. So for me, that's where you're kind of looking at what is the kind of tandem. is, he, is it just a one-two punch? I love it. It's a one, two, three punch. I don't love it. What
3: about you, Andrew?
8: Yeah, look, I couldn't agree. I, so I like the fit of James Cook in this offense. I think it's exactly what the Bills needed, considering uh, what they have in Moss and Breida, or I, I don't think Breida's still there, but, but what they have in Singletary. I, I think we've all lost faith in Singletary at this point. So I think James Cook's style fits well here. And I think what they were doing with all this, I think they see the depth in the offensive line in this draft. And I think they're just, they were compiling some extra picks later in the draft to where they're going to, Pretty much for the from here on out, I think they're just going to be stacking that offensive line with with any guys they can get. Um, I almost thought that they might just take a go for Dean here because they said, "Well, he's still there. We might as well add some help here because we know we can get the guys we want later." Because I, once again, a, a running back that's still still on the board that they definitely could have got later there, like is Damian Pierce. He's one of my favorite running backs in this draft, so I, it's another guy I thought would have fit well there. So it wouldn't have shocked me if they took a you know a grab like a Dean just because he's there. Uh, But I like the fit here of James Cook.
3: And the Broncos go linebacker with their first pick. Nick Bonito coming off the board here out of Oklahoma. Kelsey, you like this pick?
4: I love this pick. Nick Bonito, if anybody saw his combine, finished top five in every single field drill. Everything. I mean, he was literally – Next to Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, the next best player at the Combine. And he he needed to. He needed to be that guy for for his own draft stock. Don't be surprised if this guy makes Micah Parsons-type noise in this next year because he is going to be – you can line him up anywhere. I mean, literally, you can line him up at edge, linebacker, inside, outside. Just let him do what he wants. And, and he is so fast, so strong to the ball, and he's a great open field tackler. And that's probably one of the more underrated parts of his game considering he's considered an edge linebacker. He is a great open field tackler.
3: I just want to make another comment about the James Cook thing from a fantasy standpoint. Remember, this is second round draft capital for a running back, even higher than what they paid for Devin Singletary, even higher than what they paid for Zach Moss. I'll be curious to see what they do. But uh, Brian, let's go to you. I got to kick you guys off here so we can get to the Bills pick here at 65. Or I'm sorry, the Jacksonville pick here at 65, As we officially go into the third round here to get our next slate of guests in. Brian, where can we follow you at? And what do you have coming up next on the Injured List podcast?
7: Um, So I usually during the NFL season, I'll do uh, weekly injury updates, um, usually on Wednesdays before the Thursday night game. And then heading into the weekend, I'll do some bonus tracks if there's any updates. Um, Now in the offseason, I'm kind of just floating around maybe biweekly. I'll put out an episode based on what's going on in the current uh, injury front with any sport, hockey, football, basketball, you name it. I'll cover it right now. I did some NBA playoff injury updates. You can find me on Twitter at host Brian Scott um, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, the injured list podcast.
3: Excellent, excellent. Andrew, are you back on again tonight or no? No, this is the last time. This you guys is the have last time? All right, so let everybody know <laughs> where they got to
7: follow you at and where
3: they're going to see you next.
8: Yeah, so I'll make it quick because I've said it uh, a couple times. How about it? at Real Mr. Mallard and at Divots and Pivots. If you like golf, jump on to Divots and Pivots. Uh, we're on every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. on Tiki Live on Belly Up TV and uh, Belly Up Fantasy Live Dynasty Edition every Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. Uh, you can find me there as well, and if you really want to find me in person, you can find me at any Boston cemetery mourning the death of this Patriots draft. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be
3: there. Thank you. And <laughs> hey, Kelsey, what's going on with High Low Sports?
4: Hey, man, we are all over the place as as always. Uh, we're getting ready for our NBA playoff coverage, and now that the NFL draft is over, um, but you guys can catch us every every Wednesday night. Our new time because Dan and I just flipped times on on Belly Up TV. We'll be yeah. at nine PM live every Wednesday night. Uh, on Belly Up TV going from now on. And cannot wait to get that started. But then May 14th, it's a big day. We're actually going to be teaming up with Top Dot Tailgate, a big Cleveland Browns tailgate, to go to help out City Dogs of Cleveland out in the park in Beret, in Bray, Ohio. We're going to have a huge picnic, a lot of food, a lot of fans, a lot of fun. So cannot wait for that. That's going to be May 14th. So follow our Twitter, and we'll get get all that. And follow us on Twitter, at high underscore low underscore sports.
3: Very cool, very cool. Gentlemen, I thank you guys all for coming on Everybody, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and kick off the third round of the NFL Draft. So stay here with the NFL Draft on Billy of Sports, hosted by the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this.
0: So, are you a sports fan? Are you an athlete? Or do you just want to look and feel like one? Well, I got news for you. The outdoors is the ultimate sport. But you can't play unless you can see Yeats sunglasses provide the gift of high-quality sight in the roughest of environments. From the crashing ocean waves to the high peaks of the mountains, Yeet sunglasses are designed to be the most durable, comfortable, dependable, anti-wear and tear products on the market. Not only are they made with the utmost quality, but they're available at affordable prices for everyone. Go to yeetsofficial.com right now right now and use the promo code BELLYUP to save 10% on your next order. That's 10% on anything you order from yeatsofficial.com. What does that cover? Let me tell you. At Official, we have sunglasses. We have winter goggles. We have fashionable sunglasses. So if you're looking for new eyewear, if you're looking for something that make you have more fun in the sun, go to yeatsofficial.com, use code BELLYUP, save 10%